What up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? He's Blank. I'm Bradham. It's Joe George behind the glass, and it is a Friday edition of the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. So much to talk about. Todd Callis is going to be joining us before tonight's game, which is the first of the last nine for the Houston Astros. Rangers-Mariners play tonight. Texans play the Jags on Sunday. Who said it? See what Joe's up to. Some Bush League ta- tactics, I'm sure. That's why he's wearing an SMU shirt, because they cheat. Um, what else? What else we got? We got so much to get to. Uh, Astros lineup is out. Just uh, got released a couple of seconds ago. Okay. No Yiner. No oh, Yiner Diaz in the lineup today, which we knew he wasn't going to catch because it's Mar- it's uh, Frommer Valdez right. day. And when Frommer Valdez is on the mound, we all know who catches. Say it with me, class. Uh, Martin Maldonado. But uh, no Yiner in the lineup. Uh, the Astros are rolling out Altuve, Pena, Jordan, DHs, Bregman, Tucker, Abreu, Chaz in left, Dubon in center, Maldonado catches. Sometimes Dusty will uh, – he likes to play Jordan in left field on days Fromber pitches because he's a ground ball guy, uh, but not today. It's kind of tricky for Dusty Baker because, look, you don't want Jordan Alvarez to play in the outfield every day because we know that we have to treat him very carefully. That's right. Bubble wrap, all that kid sort gloves, of stuff. Kid gloves, kid gloves. Uh, Michael Brantley, who knows when he's coming back, if at all. That's something that you have to watch. Yiner Diaz is obviously playing really well, but he's not going to catch Fromber. He's not going to catch Verlander. He's not going to catch Javier. He's not going to play first base over Abreu. So, you know, Dusty, because of the way Dusty fills out his lineup every day, it's going to be kind of tough to get Yiner Diaz some at-bats here in the final nine games. They have one of the best hitting benches that isn't going to play. Mm-hmm. If Brantley could hit, if Yiner could have a chance, those guys can hit pretty well. So it's a good spot for him to be on the bench instead of down the stretch when you need him in a lineup so that you could have the best chance to win against the team you're supposed to beat that you didn't beat the last time you played him in a series. And, though, by the way, they've lost 100 games. It is a left-handed pitcher on the mound, that Cole Raggins guy, Reagans guy. Uh, so, you know, Dubon hits lefties really well. Chas hits lefties really well. You have to get Jordan in the lineup. So lefties, I don't mind it as much. But uh, don't love you under Diaz not being in the lineup, especially against righties. But you should win this game anyways. You have Fromber Valdez on the mound. It's a pivotal three-game series. But you did go two and four in the six-game week that had Oakland and Kansas City. Which leads to the question, like, th- there's nine games left. This is a very much a stretch drive, hopefully, if the Astros make the playoffs. And they're in two playoff races right now. They're in a three-team race for the American League West crown with Seattle, with Texas, half-game lead on both. Uh, they're also in a wild-card race with four teams, Texas, Seattle, and then Toronto. And Garrett Cole helped us out yesterday. Yes, he did. got the victory over Toronto, mowed them down, so that's uh, that's nice. What posing questions do you have for the Astros with nine to play? What are the biggest questions of this team with nine games left in the regular season? I think there's a couple. I think, one, can they find consistency? I think we know the talent is there. We just don't know why certain things have occurred or continue to occur. We don't know why they can't win at home. We don't know why they can't beat teams that have 100 losses or more like the A's and the Tigers. We don't know why with the amount of uh, potent offensive weapons that they have in a lineup from day to day, no matter how Dusty tries sometimes to keep them sitting down, that they can't continually put up the kind of runs that every now and then they just have these massive outbursts and you go, wow, that could be a devastating lineup. It should be. It just hasn't been. So I think the first thing is, can they find motivation and consistency? Because they also don't seem to have a fire under their hiney a whole lot. And those two things drive me nuts because I think that they're too talented a team to be in this position no matter what they've endured injury-wise and otherwise. And I feel like whether it's complacency and they've been there and done that for so long or whatever the case may be, I'm just a little surprised I haven't seen more fire and more more kind of focus from this squad. Okay, fire in the belly, 713-780-3776. Uh, Joe George, what's your looming question that you have for the Astros over the final nine games of the regular season? We've talked so much about the the starting pitching. I feel like the guy we've ignored the most who's been very inconsistent is Justin Verlander. Mm. Who are you, Justin Verlander? Are you good? Are you bad? Because it doesn't really matter who 3, 4, and 5 are if JV stinks, I think. Uh, I think I'm going to push back on this one. Okay. Um, he's clearly your, one of your top two starters. Well, he is, for sure, but he needs to be better. Okay. All right. Like, 
you know, you want the one-two punch. You want the one-two punch of Fromber and JV. Absolutely. Uh, you're you're kind of holding out hope that the Christian Javier swing and miss, eleven strikeouts, rising in visa fastball is back. Because if just look, Justin Verlander's not going to be Justin Verlander last year. Like let's let's get those expectations way out of here. He's not going to be Cy Young 2022. But can he be a formidable number two in a playoff rotation? He should be. Mm-hmm. And he, he's shown that. Like He's shown flashes of that with the Houston Astros post-trade. Like His ERA with the Astros since he got here is 393. Like That's not fantastic. It's not bad. It's closer to bad than it is fantastic. I bet you, Joe, wants some more like a three and a half. Like, could you live with a three and a half ERA, Justin Verlander? No, it's it's not that. It's not necessarily ERA. It's it's you know he has the start where he says he feels like he figures it out and then he gets yeah. shelled. Yeah, and then it's kind of bumpy and then it's good again. So I just you need Justin Verlander to be more consistent than he is shown. Like he's obviously still very good. I don't expect him to be the Cy Young guy, but like you do need Justin Verlander to pitch at a different level more consistently than he has since he joined the Astros. Like that's one of my biggest questions. Just because if he can't be that guy, like I just it just it adds a million questions. Do you guys feel like it's it's scary because of the instability of it seems like he's constantly trying to reinvent himself now. To Jeremy's point, he's not the pitcher he was even a year ago. He's over forty years old now. He's gone through some issues to where he's not the same overpowering dominant pitcher he once was. But last start and the start before we saw him really kind of experimenting more with like seventy some mile an hour off speed pitches and trying to keep you know a drastic change between the fastball and, and his off-speed to some degree. And, and it seems like he's still tinkering, and that's what, what's worrisome to me because there's a guy that's always been in total control of what he's going to throw, where he's going to throw it, and how he needs to do his job. And it seems like from what Joe was talking about when he figured something out with the release point and different things that he was looking at to kind of the variations of his pitches, it scares me he's still tinkering. I think I think they all tinker. I, I think that they're well, always I'm not saying tinkering. they don't, but... He's normally a guy that didn't have to tinker a whole hell of a lot. No, I mean, when he's pitching well, you're probably not hearing about the tinkering. I think that they all tinker. Like, they're all creatures of habit. They're all watching every single move that they make. They're trying to see if they're tipping. Uh, They're looking at their anchor. They're looking at their extension. They're looking to see if they're falling off the mound. They're looking at the release points. They're looking at arm slots. They're looking at the movement on pitches. Like, these guys are freaks when it comes to, like, their habits. So, I, I mean, these guys are always tinkering. And then, like, you look at the offensive side, where, like, an Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman is a constant tinkerer. Um, but whenever they're going well, you don't hear about it as much. Like, if Justin Verlander was pitching to a two seven five ERA and he was still doing this equal amount of tinkering, we wouldn't really hear about it. Uh, but usually we do whenever they're not pitching at their absolute best. I do think that Verlander has to be better. Uh, I think it's a fair point. To me, it's just like the consistency thing where it's, hey, like I, I don't need you to go out there and shove. I don't need you to be Cy Verlander from a year ago, but but give me six innings, three-run baseball. That way I can rely on that. I can hope my offense goes to work, and I can turn it over to the bullpen only giving up three runs and hope that they don't get any more. Uh, for me, I mean, it comes down to like how you use Jainer Diaz. because, And I know that this has been an ongoing conversation all year. I know that you're not going to catch him. We've conceded this. I know you're not going to play him at first base, and he doesn't have another position, right? Like, you're not going to throw him out there in left field. And again, the whole Jordan Alvarez is going to be a DH most of the time. It puts you in this difficult position, especially if you don't have a Michael Brantley back. But he's one of your best offensive players. Like, if you went offensive importance, need them in the lineup, Yiner Diaz, is is he top five? Yeah. Like, Jordan's definitely in there. Altuve. Jose Altuve's definitely in there. Kyle Tucker's definitely in there. Alex Bregman is, is in there, although yep. you can have an argument about Yiner Diaz versus Alex Bregman. Who's the next guy? For me, it's Yiner Diaz. You might say Michael Brantley, but Michael Brantley's not available right Small now. Small sample size, too. Small sample size. Like, I would have Yiner ahead of Brantley. I would have Yiner ahead of Chaz, quite frankly. Like, Yiner Diaz, to me, is the fifth most important offensive weapon on this team and he's like a 60% player like I want to see that kind of get fixed over the next nine games I don't really think that that it it will but if you're lucky enough to get to the postseason Michael Brantley doesn't come back Jordan Alvarez is playing left field when Fromber's pitching when Verlander's pitching when Javier's pitching why because it opens up the DH spot because Yiner's not catching like once you get to the postseason Jordan has to be a primary left fielder because Yiner needs to be in the lineup yeah I look at it and I say it comes down to for that that decision in the top five or so Yiner is right there with Chaz the biggest thing for me is Yiner has the ability to go yard at any time and completely change the you know a game it's not anything to take anything away from Chaz and what he's been all season long but that boom power that he brings, and it's just so natural, and it just seems so effortless, the power that he brings to the table, 
that it's something that this lineup seems to need because it never seems to be that they're all on the same page at the same time, especially from power numbers when you get Tuck and Jordan and, and, and Altuve and Bregman all clicking at the same time. They've all been clicking at times, but I think Jordan, I mean, uh, having um, y- Yiner in there gives you an extra thumper that I think this lineup seems to need. So I, I, I'm with you. I, I think he's top five, top six, but I think he's a guy that you know has to be in this lineup for this offense to click on all cylinders. He's your second best power guy. Yeah, he's the second best power guy on this team. He he hits home runs at a higher rate than Kyle Tucker. Like he's, I think he actually hits the home runs at a higher rate than Jordan right now. I haven't looked in a while, but Jordan hasn't homered recently. Yiner has. I think Yiner's jumped him. If not, if he didn't jump him, it's very, very close. But Yiner Diaz has the second most power on this team. Like, he doesn't have more power than Jordan, even if the numbers say that he does. Jordan's a more powerful hitter. Yiner's second. Yiner has more power than a 30 home run hitting Kyle Tucker. He's got more power than Chaz McCormick. He's got more power than Alex Bregman. He's got more power than an aging Jose Abreu. Yiner Diaz is your second best slugger. And he plays 60% of the time. Like, and I, again, like, I'm not, this isn't a bash Dusty Baker thing. We do enough of that. Yeah. Like, regular season, it's difficult to do. Like, final nine games, I know you're in a race, it's difficult to do. But you get to a spot where it's do or die. You get to a spot where it's the playoffs. Jordan, if Michael Brantley's not healthy, and even if Michael Brantley's healthy, this still might be the case, Jordan's going to have to play left field because Yiner needs to be the DH. And we all know that Maldi's catching Fromber, JV, and Javier. So. Like, you just have to get his bat in there because he's so good. And that's the question I have. Will, whenever it is high stakes, when it's do or die, when it's postseason, will Dusty Baker play Jordan and left and Yiner as the designated hitter when Maldonado's catching? I think he should because I think the other thing is, and it's something, it's something that you posed a long time ago when we were basically not counting on Michael Brantley at all. Would you be cool with Michael Brantley being your pinch hitter off the bench and being a guy that comes in situationally when you need a stick? And now it seems like that might be the only logical spot for him if indeed he's healthy enough to play. But because you have a, a, a very good replacement, a reliable guy that you can replace him in the lineup with and that you can get in the lineup to do the things he's been doing all year, you put Yiner in the lineup and you get your bet. We've said, look, this team, if it's going to win and go far in the playoffs, the offense is probably going to have to carry him. If, if that's the case, you got to load up offensively. If he's not catching, he's in the lineup at DH or somewhere. And we know that Dusty's not going to sit a bray you down in the playoffs. So then he has to be the DH, and you're right. Jordan, as much as he's fragile and he can get caught on skates, uh, you know, like he did uh, a few weeks ago and scare the hell out of everyone, Jordan's got to be in left. Yiner's got to be a DH. And this team has to have the best chance to win offensively top to bottom. 713-780-ESPN, the HRP listener line. What are your burning questions for the Astros with nine games left in the regular season? And knock on wood, hopefully, playoffs for the Astros. 713-780-3776. We're on the Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. Todd Callis will be joining us later on in the program, live from Minute Maid Park at 4.30. Who said it at 5.30? We're giving you out winners, too. We've been crushing it in the first two weeks of the NFL season with BZ Money. We're going to hand you out some winners at 4 o'clock as well. But what are those burning questions you have for these Stro? 713-780-3776. He's at Pac-Man Joel on Twitter. At Clown over there is at Joe George Radio. I'm at Jeremy Branham. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. I like a good drink at the end of the day. I like a good couple of drinks at the end of a Friday. Vodka, gin, bourbon, all part of that rotation for me. And Gentle Ben Spirits does it better than anybody else. How do they do it? Well, it's simple. They're revolutionary Perseido technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits that you will ever taste. You'll love what's not in it. Purification has been unrivaled. Try a sip of Gentleman Vodka, Gin, Straight Bourbon, or Cast Strength Bourbon and compare it to whatever you drink and you will never go back. I've been a Gentleman man ever since I had that first sip because you get all the flavor and none of the burn. It is so smooth. It is so clean. It eliminates the burn. Enjoy your drink. Don't work through your drink. Look for Gentleman been at the liquor store on your way home today. Ask for to your favorite restaurant or bar. Just head to the Gentle Bin Tasting Room. Or, for the first time, go to GentleBin.com. You can either search what liquor stores carry Gentle Bin or just order Gentle Bin directly from the website. They'll deliver it straight to your door. GentleBin.com to learn more about that and to deliver your new favorite right to your doorstep. Are you headed to the Astros game tonight? Stop by the Gentle Bin Bar. But also, a nice little collaboration going on tonight uh, with St. Arnold and... Uh, Gentle Ben, they're they're right next to each other there at Minute Maid Park. But St. Arnold is putting their 
Pumpkinator aged in a gentle bin rye bourbon barrel tonight. Unbelievable. I wish I was going to try this. I can't. You'll have to let me know how it goes. Only one keg of the Pumpkinator in a gentle bin rye bourbon barrel. So you got to get your hands on that. Try that. It'll go fast. It's going to go out uh, tonight. Head over to gentlebin.com. Learn more. Gentle bin, the secret ingredient is what's not in it. Spencer's trolling early on a Friday. I'm in a good mood today. I'm in a really good mood today. I think it's because it's Friday. I love Fridays. Fridays are great. I'm, I'm actually being optimistic about the Texans a little bit later. I'm super optimistic because I'm in a good mood. 713-780-3776. He's blank on Branham. What's the big question you have left for the Astros? Nine games to play. Hopefully, knock on wood, postseason. Uh, 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Will, you're in the hive. What's up, Will? How's it going, fellas? Um, I've called in before, Brandon. you got the buttery smooth voice, but uh, <laughs> my question is, is um, does Yiner Diaz kind of compare to Pudge Rodriguez? Because I'm looking at the numbers and rookie year, and I know I, we can only hope that Yiner becomes Pudge, like mid-90s, early 2000s Pudge, but is there any comparison that and why is Dusty keeping him out of the lineup? I'm looking at stats right now and rookie year, you know, Pudge 264 batting average, Yiner 287, 23 home runs, Pudge what had three home runs. Mm-hmm. So, I, is there any reason why, especially in the playoffs, when? Oh, I'm, let me take that back. Nowadays, baseball it's not dominated by pitchers pitching a complete game and limiting teams to one, two, three runs. It's more of a a run-driven game. So, you know, is is there a comparison? And why has has Dusty been not just saying, hey, Verlander, Fromber, Christian, you're going to have to deal with Diaz catching you? Appreciate Appreciate the call, Will. I I think the the latter part of that question, the last part of it is it starts next year. I I think they start figuring that out next year when, whether Dusty's here or not, everybody in the organization realizes this is his job to have for the foreseeable future unless something, you know, really bad happens. This is the guy. But I think for now, because Dusty is here, and, you know, if you listen to Dusty, someday the kid's going to thank me for handling him the way I've handled him. But yet you see Yiner on Twitter and, and, you know, basically – basically almost begging us to, as if to say, I need to be in the lineup. I want to be in the lineup. And everybody thinks you should be in the lineup. You look at Atlee Rushman, and you look at the numbers are better for him than Rushman from Rushman's big rookie year. You look, you're comparing him to Pudge Rodriguez. I don't even want to pigeonhole him and compare him to anybody else. I think the guy has proven that he has good defensive skills that are getting better, but he's got a cannon of an arm. And the most important thing is, if it's true, like you say, that baseball with all the offensive firepower that's in the game today and some of the things that have been tweaked, like pitch clock and other things, to make it a little bit more hitter-friendly, he's a hitter. And hitters need to be in your lineup. And we've talked about whether he plays catcher the whole time or DH or first base, wherever. Hitters travel. Hitters need to be in the lineup, and you've got to find a spot for this guy. And if Dusty's not going to do that, well, then that's on Dusty, and that could be something that could be you know against Dusty at the end of the season. I don't uh, I don't like that comp, uh, the, the Pudge Rodriguez Pudge, whenever he was first coming up, was actually a pretty light-hitting catcher, at least from a power perspective. Like, he had pretty good contact skills, but did not hit for much power. Yiner Diaz is going to flirt with 25 home runs in his rookie year and not that many at-bats. Like, you know, he could have easily had 500 at-bats, and he's flirting with 35 home runs. Uh, Pudge Pudge didn't dream of that until, like, he was year seven, year eight, and in the late 90s when... Some things were happening uh-huh. around Major League Baseball. Like Pudge went from a very light hitting catcher, like good, good average guy, good contact guy, but never hit for any pop. And then all of a sudden, he was hitting for tons of pop in the late nineties, pretty deep into his career. Yiner Diaz has more natural raw power than Pudge, quite frankly, ever did. And I know Pudge had some years where he hit tons of home runs. I think you're catching what what I'm saying. Um, and, and also, Pudge was was more defensive minded yeah. than offensive minded mm-hmm. early in his career. Now it kind of changed, uh, but Pudge was more defense than offense. And I'm not knocking Yiner's defensive skills, but there was questions even at the start of this season in spring training if Yiner's like defensively good enough to catch. I think he's evolved where he's clearly good enough defensively to catch, but that's not his, that's not what he's hanging his hat on. Oh. He's hanging his hat on his offense. Um, so I don't like the Pudge comp, quite frankly. I don't really have a good comp for well, Yiner. Who are because- the best hitting catchers you've seen early in their career? Bench? Piazza? I mean, I don't. I'm not going to compare them to the two best offensive catchers. Are those of all the two time. best of all time? Probably offensively. Okay. Yeah. Like, 
I was going to say Salvador Perez, but Salvador Perez took a while to hit for some power. Like, if you want to go a little bit throwback, like Javi Lopez. Yiner's weird, man, because, like, nowadays, most of these catchers are defensive-minded, defensive-first. Managers need defense behind the dish, and you don't have many good hitting catchers. Like, Adley Rushman's one of them. But I don't, I can't really think of a good co- uh, comp for Yiner. But he's more offensive-first than he is defensive-first. Sure. Defense is certainly evolving. I don't love the, the punch comp. Uh, I, I, quite, quite honestly, about, I struggle um, with a comp. Um, from St. Louis, Molina. Yeah, Yadi, I mean Yadi he Yadi was Molina. he was he was defensive first too. He wasn't a bad hitter. No, he wasn't bad, but he his calling card was his defense. Yeah. He was like one of the better defensive catchers of our generation. I like, think the best of all time. I think Gary Carter in that mix because mm-hmm. he he had a lot of offense. He was a really good hitter as well as being a good you know a signal caller and behind the dish. Um, but there just aren't that many that have that that perfect storm of the bat for average for power and to be an above average catcher. And that's why I don't want to pigeonhole him and, and put him up against anybody right now. You just got to be happy as hell that he's on your squad and, and that, you know, they discovered him and got him in a position where he can show what he can do. And now he's part of your future. Someone said Joe Maurer. Maurer never had tons of pop like Yiner does. And, and Joe Maurer was like a bet, like a little more selective. He would see more pitches. He would draw some walks. And he, he's also like led the league in batting average. Mm-hmm. Yiner, like Yiner's a good contact hitter. I don't think he's ever going to threaten for a batting championship, maybe a home run championship. So Maurer, offensive-minded first, good defender, really good athlete, eventually moved to first base, by the way. But I don't love that comp either. Somebody said Real Muto. That's not a bad one. That's not a bad one because Real Muto is like good. Real Muto is probably better defensively, but he's like an athletic catcher where he can run a little bit. And I think Yiner is kind of slept on with his athleticism. I think he's much faster than people think. Uh, someone Posey's, said Posey's a better hitter, right? Um, for average, yeah, he's, he's more he contact than power. Yeah, he doesn't have pop. No, he's more contact than power. Someone said best catcher hitter is Bryce Harper. Yeah, but he didn't catch since junior college. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Back out to the HRMP listener line. Willie, you're in the hive. What's up, Willie? Thanks for taking my call. Always. And I and I like to say that the team that has the best pitching and defense is going to win the World Series. It's a good take. Second of all, uh, uh, Doobie has been hitting over 300 here recently, almost 400 against left-handed. Now, he needs to play. And uh, yeah. third, um uh, I think Diaz should. I think Dusty should put uh, uh, Diaz at DH if he's the right hander on the mound. If he's a left hander, he needs to try to get Chaz and Dewey in the lineup. Appreciate uh, it. Oh, Chaz, been, huh? No, I said I appreciate it, but I didn't realize you had more. Go ahead, Willie. Uh, I, I just let that go for right now. Okay, That's- appreciate the call, Willie. Uh, I agree with him. I agree with that. I agree with Willie. To be completely honest, like you can make the case that your best left-handed lineup does not have Yiner Diaz in it. Now Yiner Diaz has been hitting lefties a lot better lately. Like look where his OPS was and where it's at now. It's improved tremendously. I can I can live with a non-Yiner left-handed lineup that does not feature you know Yiner in it with a left-hand pitcher on the mound because Dubon does crush lefties. Chaz does crush lefties. It's a better outfield. You don't have Jordan to DH. And if it's one of the days where Yiner's not catching, I can I can live with that, Willie. I just, you know me, I, if he's one of your top five, top six best hitters in, in your lineup. Then not, I want, not against lefties, though. But he, but overall, you even said yourself. I mean, what we've seen is, as much as that was a, a glaring weakness early on, he's gotten so much better that that's when I went on that rant a couple weeks ago. But he's got to be in the lineup every day, no matter what, because this team was still, you know, chasing at the time and, and trying to get to where they got to. And then they're still currently a half game up in the division. But when you look at it, I just think he's too important of a guy to sit down no matter what, righty lefty. But you know, that's that's you know nitpicking, but I think you should play every day. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Back out to the HRMP listener line. Chucky, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up, Chucky? What's going on, brother? Chuck. What's happening? Hey. Hey man, I just I had to call before they checked me back in the rehab of what these dusty lineups are all about. Listen, man. Verlander's the only one who's got any clout to have Maldonado hit. You're like a National League team with Maldonado when they didn't have the DH in the lineup. We're basically running a pitcher out there at the nine hole at a buck sixty. Hey, that's not going to do it. You, your pitching's not what it was last year, so you need to go to offense. So what in the hell aren't we playing him? That's ridiculous. Chad should be in the lineup. Doobie should be in the lineup. They all should be in the lineup. The man's causing me to have 
serious friggin' drug problems. That's all I got to say, guys. Stay mean and clean, Chuck. Stay mean and clean. Don't go too far. That's the bottom line because Stone Chuck said so. I love the passion there for Chuck. I like that. I like Chuck. Chuck, call back any time. Chuck's a long-timer. Yeah, he, I like uh, I like that take there from Chucky. 713-780-3776. Few of the, uh, the text in on this, which, by the way, we need mean text. Y'all been too, too nice to us this week. We, we're, we're, we're doing mean text every Friday to end our show. Uh, last week, we had a ton. Y'all are very mean to me last week. But this week, you haven't given us any mean text. So just wear us out. The entire show, 713-780-3776. few texts on this, Poncho. Why are there so many crybabies making excuses already? Let's not sweat the small stuff. Let them play. Okay. Well, we've, we've done that. And look where it's gotten us. First place. Yeah, by a half game. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> Losing series to the A's and the Royals. Both things are true. Chef, shed, uh, Chef said, does Valdez take a few miles off his pitches again since it worked so well last start? I do think he gets a little bit more movement when he's not worried about a little higher velo. Like, I like his 95-mile-per-hour fastball more than I like his 97-mile-per-hour fastball. Makes sense of that. I think he gets more run into lefties. I think he gets more sink on it. It's nice to have both, though, because then when you want to kind of, you know, throw it high in the zone, two-strike count, uh, and try and get a, a chase that you can up the miles per hour by a couple and see if you can't go, you know, kind of not buzz the tower, mm-hmm. but get the high part of the zone. I think the problem with him, though, is that he can't really do that effectively in a game. Like, it's usually either it's one, one or, or the, the other. other. Like, he has one, and that's his club that day. Like, he has a tough time, like, throttling it down to, like, a soft driver. Uh, 713-780-3776. We can get to some more of your burning questions if you'd like. Uh, I told you I'm being positive today. Uh, I'm in a good mood. Don't know why. Couldn't tell you why I'm in a good mood, but I am in a good mood. Maybe it's because it's Friday. Uh, I don't know about all you guys, but I'm feeling really good about the Houston Texans quarterback situation for a number of reasons. 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. If you're feeling really good on a Friday, maybe you're feeling really good tomorrow, some college games, maybe you're feeling really good on a Sunday with some of these pro games, and you think that you you have your mind right. You think you can get an edge on all of these line makers. Well, where you need to do it is BetUS.com. They're, they're my favorite sports book. They're my favorite casino. BetUS.com. Football is back, as we know, going into week three already, and it's time to lay down your bets. I only endorse one sportsbook and casino. That's BetUS.com, as you know by now. Why? Well, BetUS is celebrating its 30th year of sports betting service with a special offer this football season just for you. Up to 30 risk-free bets. That's right, up to 30 risk-free bets. It's called BetProtect. If that is not enough for you, BetUS offers the industry's biggest 125% sign-up bonus. That's right, industry's biggest 125% sign-up bonus. Even more, BetUS.com offers a massive 200% crypto sign-up bonus if you're into some crypto, and a 250% casino bonus if you want to play the casino there at BetUS.com. The game always gets more exciting with a bet, but you can take it to another level at BetUS.com with live in-game betting. Who does not love live in-game betting? Uh, Do not wait. Take advantage of their 30th year offer with up to 30 risk-free bets. Get BetProtect. Get started today by visiting BetUS.com or just call them. 1-800-MyBetUS US 1-800-692-3887 to learn all about their bonuses and special offers. 1-800-MY-BET-US, BetUS.com, BetUS Sportsbook and Casino, where the game begins. We told you guys to be mean to us because we no one's been mean to us this week. It's really weird. Uh, really weird. Uh, we're doing mean text at 545-ish. And we need content for Mean Text. So send us all the meanest things that you have to say about us. 713-780-3776 so we can fill a little segment. Uh, 4447, that's rude. It's not nice. Thank you very much. Uh, 713-780-3776. Um, I'm feeling really good about this Houston Texans quarterback situation, Blankers. More than I could have ever imagined. Maybe I'm just in a really good mood on a Friday. Maybe I'm looking forward to that gentle bend later tonight. Look, looking forward to the second one a little bit later tonight. I'm feeling better about the Texans quarterback situation more than I ever could have imagined after two weeks of C.J. Stroud. I was a little hesitant with C.J. Stroud on draft day. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to back off of that. I'd be foolish and I'd be fraudulent if I did. I had questions. I was excited, but I had questions uh, coming out of Ohio State, having a country club college lifestyle with Marvin Harrison, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, you name a first-round wide receiver. He probably had them. First-round offensive line. I was nervous. I was nervous about that type of quarterback finding success in the NFL, and we're certainly not crowning C.J. Stroud after two weeks in his NFL career. 
But I'm liking everything about this guy. He can make every single throw on the football field. He's shown the ability, because one of the big knocks on him, aside from the, like, what's he going to do whenever he's not the uh, superior team, superior side of the ball, you know, how does he look handling pressure? How does he look whenever he faces some hurries? And he hasn't been perfect at that, but he's shown that he's able to read a hot route, read a blitz, recognize the defense, hit his dude right in stride, big gain. The one to Nico Collins in the second half the other day when he read blitz, they brought seven, hits him in one-on-one coverage, Nico breaks a tackle, 40-yard gain. Like, Stroud has shown you everything that you could have wanted him to show you to answer a lot of the criticism so far through two weeks that I'm really encouraged and super bullish about the direction of this Houston Texans offense, even though they haven't been great through two weeks, probably not even very good through two weeks. I'm very excited about the future of this offense because of CJ Stroud. I, I like it. I like you. I didn't know what to expect from him, but I didn't expect a whole lot. I expected a guy to come in and take his lumps. I wasn't sure how that touch and, and the, his ability to pass when guys are 10 yards open on most defenders was going to translate to the NFL. I have been so pleasantly surprised by what C.J. Stroud has put on tape and what he's shown you in the first two weeks. And I think it's more so and it's magnified because of the fact that he's been playing with less than. He's been playing with less than a good offensive line. He's been playing with less time than he might normally have if he had his regular offensive line. And, and I didn't think he had the best receiving room in the world either. But it doesn't matter because no matter what he's been faced with, he's shown that the moment isn't too big for him. And that's something totally separate in itself that's an intangible that a lot of quarterbacks never have. And the fact that he seems to keep his calm in the moment, yes, he still will make mistakes. Everybody does. Yes, he will make some bad throws and some bad reads. That's going to happen. But I thought that this was set up to be more of a disaster than a success story early on, starting with the offensive line and some of the doubts I had about his abilities. And now I could not be more pleasantly surprised and happy that I didn't know by the end of the year if we would have a true report that says pass failed this guy is or isn't your franchise quarterback I feel better every week watching this guy play that they got the right guy and then when you compare him to the rest of the guys in the draft I damn sure didn't think that I'd be saying CJ Stroud was the best quarterback in this draft especially this early and to say that means he's been impressive I'm ready to call him a franchise quarterback Quite frankly, like he's the franchise quarterback for the Texans. Is he ever going to be a top five quarterback? We're going to have to wait and see. Is he going to be a top 10 quarterback? I feel comfortable saying that he will be, but there's no doubt in my mind that CJ Stroud is a franchise quarterback for the Houston Texans. Now, does that last seven years? Does it last 10 years? We'll see. But I have zero doubt that, that CJ Stroud is the is not the franchise quarterback for the Texans. Like, Davis Mills, like, can he become the franchise quarterback was a conversation that people, quite frankly, were trying to force because you're always going to talk about the quarterback position and people wanted Davis Mills to become a franchise quarterback because if he does, it means you don't have to use expensive draft capital to go find uh, that franchise draft quarterback. But no one ever, re- like, even people who tried to spin it and try to force that never in their wildest dreams thought that Davis Mills is a franchise quarterback. No. Davis Mills, is a, or, uh, CJ Stroud is a franchise quarterback. Number two pick of the draft. I know it's only been two weeks. Can make every single throw. And people are excited about the direction of an organization that, quite frankly, has been the laughingstock of the NFL the last few years. Thank goodness for the, for the uh, Chicago Bears that they no longer, no longer are the laughingstock of the NFL. 713-780-3776. Out to the HRMP listener line. Vera, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up, Vera? Hey, guys. I appreciate you letting me call in. This has to be a weirdest day of this year for me. Jeremy actually speaking something positive <laughs> for the Houston Texans. Maybe I should get Jeremy to go buy me a lottery ticket. Uh, but in all fairness, like you said, I think with considering the state that the offensive line has been, the, the massive lack of inexperience uh, in, the, in the wide receiver room, there have been a few positives that there have been, has been certainly C.J. Stroud. You know, Will Anderson, again, it's early, early days. Um, but I think even with the receivers, Nico Calling seems like he's definitely showing himself as the number one. Now, he might not be a number one for somebody or some other team. But at least for this year, he seems like he's definitely above or playing better than Robert Woods. Now, that's not a very big uh, metric. But between that and Tank there showing something that he's capable of, the, the playbook is only going to be opened up more where he's allowed to make more bigger, longer throws. And I think they've held him back in a way, trying to make him prevent him from making those 40-yard throws down the line. But yeah, there are a few positives. And, and I think that there are going to be wins that we should be winning and there'll be losers that we should be losing. But whatever, all said and done, 
Uh, I'm not one of those fair weather fans, and I, like I said, I, I will hang on and see what the what the future holds as as our, more of our players come back to good health and and we can notch up some W's there. I'll hang up with them. Thanks. Thanks, Vera. Appreciate the call as always. Uh, the thing I would say is is that in the past, if they were losing football games, everything else would be lost, and everybody else would just start pounding and piling on the negatives. The fact that moral victories seem to be extremely encouraging because you lost the first two games, but you know you're going to win in the future because of the guy you got as the signal caller is extremely encouraging. It's extremely uplifting for a fan base that's been kicked in the groin over and over again for the last you know three years maybe or more if you go back into the O'Brien era. Uh, and the fact that you look at the fact that he not only can make all the throws, but he doesn't get rattled in, in situations where he's pressured, where there's a big drive to be had or a play to be made. He's not afraid to pull the trigger and squeeze it into a tight window. And that's something we talked about the other day, too. He's mature beyond his years in the way he handles himself off the football field, too. He's deep into charity, the way he handles press conferences, the way he takes the blame. A lot of young quarterbacks that are trying to make a name for themselves, they're going to, you know, and they're immature. They're going to point the blame at other guys, or they're going to say things like Justin Fields said and then had to walk back the other day. This is a kid that's already talking about the fact that it's on me. I got to do more. There's things I can do better. And he's owning it. And the way he handles himself, that's an important step, too, because he's got to have that respect in the huddle, in the locker room, on the practice field. And it seems like he has that. And he's not going to be Pat Mahomes, like, no, probably ever, but especially in his rookie year. He's going to have two or three, three interception games. Like, he's, he's going to have some real stinkers of games where people are like, oh, no, we're questioning C.J. Stroud. No, you shouldn't. He's the franchise quarterback of the Houston Texans. Quite frankly, he was the second that they drafted him, if we're being incredibly honest. But, but he has shown you through two games he can make every throw. He can handle some of the pressures that we were concerned that he wasn't going to be able to handle, some of the criticism we had for him. He's been able to answer those criticisms with – you know, passing grades uh, with really good grades. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. We can talk more a little bit about this. I also want to go to the second point I have on this with the whole like I'm extremely encouraged, bullish, feel really good about the Texans quarterback situation. And you touched on it too. Like some of the other first round rookie quarterbacks, the Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson. Like look at their situations and also. I want to listen to a little bit of Carolina radio and how they're talking about Bryce Young today and how we're not talking about C.J. Stroud like this today. Also, what is the offensive identity for the Texans? What does it have to be going forward? We know that they wanted to be run first. What does it have to be going forward this year with C.J. Stroud at the helm with this offensive line protecting him? Uh, 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. First, a moment on HRP, Human Resources and Payroll. It's Cougar owned by my colleague, O'Cooks. Members of the Cougar 100 for the eighth year in a row. You've seen the HRP signage, U of H games. You've seen their beautiful building off the Beltway. Business owners, let HRP help you. Whether it's HR compliance, benefits administration, payroll, onboarding, HRP can help in any or all of those areas. There's no boxes with HRP. Doesn't matter how small the job, how big the job. HRP completely customizes a plan for what you and your business needs. If you have a problem or an issue, want to take a little off your plate, a lot off your plate, HRP will find a way to help. And they do it in a way that's unique. Technology meets service. They have the best tech. You'll love that, but you'll fall in love with their service. Guaranteed fulfillment. You won't be talking to a stranger on a call board. You'll be talking to someone who knows you. They know your business needs. Look, open enrollment just started here at Gal Media. Simple. Piece of cake with HRP. It's great. Take care of your employees, employers. Give them a call right now. Two. 281-880-6525. 281-880-6525. Let HRP customize a plan for you. 281-880-6525 or check them out online at hrp.net. That's hrp.net. You guys are doing a, a great job with the mean text. You're, you're helping us out. 713-780-3776. Let us have it. Bring out the worst in yourself for us. 713-780-3776. Few of the Twitchers saying the sack's got to get cleaned up with Stroud. It's an area that has to get better. He's on, he's on pace to break the David Carr record. By quite a bit. Like, Carr had 76. Stroud's in the 90s. Like, he's on pace in the 90s. Now, Larry Tunsil's missed a game. Titus has missed two. Drew Scruggs has missed a pair. I don't want to make excuses. And I think that the pass protection's been better than the run blocking, to be completely honest. Stroud's led himself into a few sacks as well. That's a number that needs to get down. Absolutely. 
And also, like the um, sometimes he's a little timid. Sometimes he hesitates a little bit, and I think it's because he wants to take care of the ball. Where he's like, "Okay, that's there, a little bit, half a beat late." And in the NFL, you're half a beat late. You can't make that throw. Whereas if he's like just you know, sometimes he even taps and, and pump fakes it, where it's like, "Come up, throwing, that's there, easy first down, move the chains." But I, I think that stuff gets ironed out pretty easily. Yeah, look, we talked about the fact that as good as he's looked at le- from what we were expecting or what we were even hoping for in the first two weeks of the season, the downturns are going to happen. The The lessons are going to be learned, and a lot of times they're going to be learned the hard way. But it seems like he's got a grasp on everything, so much so that when we talk about the main thing, if a quarterback's going to make those kind of mistakes, is that he learns from them to not do them again. I think that he has the intangibles, and he and as much as you know, we talk about the S2Es and all the other things, I think he's capable of learning from his mistakes to not make them the next time and not be as bad the next time on the same kind of play. And I think that's another thing that a lot of quarterbacks don't learn, and, and they don't get better because of it, and then they start finding out they're not the guy in whatever team uh, that they're on and whatever roster that they're playing for. So I like everything I've seen from him, but it's not like I expect this just to be this complete upward journey that's not going to have hiccups along the way. I think that he's going to stumble. I, I think that you know whether it's the people around him or just him kind of learning as he goes, there's going to be some defenses that he hasn't seen. There's going to be some looks that come at him in a certain way. There's going to be some quick decisions that he doesn't make. But if he learns from them, I still feel totally confident that you're right. He is this this franchise's franchise quarterback. And if you start putting good weapons around him, maybe he doesn't have to be top five. Yeah, I want Marvin Harrison Jr. so bad. I'd be great. I wanted him before the trade was made. I can tell you that. I want him so bad. Hopefully the Browns are just unexpectedly awful. Hopefully they don't want to gain the rest of the year because uh, I'm in love with Marvin Harrison Jr. 713-780-3776. So here's the other part of like me being super positive about Stroud. Love what I've seen. Loved what I've heard. All of that. Bullish. Maybe somebody texted in saying we're being homers again. That's what the Killer Bees do. Uh, 4187. Stop at the CJ Love Fest. Oh, wait. I forgot who I was listening to. Homer Bees, not Killer Bees. I love the, uh, the spectrum that we're on on a weekly basis. Some call us homers. Some call us some things that aren't not nearly as nice. Uh, the other the other part of this equation is that the other cities that have first round rookie quarterbacks today aren't aren't talking too fondly about their starting quarterbacks. Like Indy's just a concussion, like with with Anthony Richardson. But I do think that that could be an issue for him going forward. Big physical quarterback that they want to use to run the football a lot. Wouldn't shock me if concussions are part of Anthony Richardson's career. Unfortunately, like he might have to stop running the football, which takes away a huge dimension. But listen to how Bryce Young's going to miss at least this week, maybe even next week. And look, there's questions about how small he is, right? And can that keep up in the NFL? Listen to Carolina Radio talking about their quarterback, Bryce Young, today, and then be thankful that it's not you. He's a smart kid. He's the opposite of Justin Fields. He knows how to read coverages, read defenses. But I will continue to say, look, you can draft these guys. You can throw them out there due to public pressure. But there's no way he should even be playing. His best receiver is what used to be Adam Thielen, Mm -hmm. another rookie in, in, in Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss. Rico. He shouldn't be in there right now. He should he's not. Gonna, he's going to get killed. No, he's one of those guys that you probably should have did what Green Bay did with Love, and he sits on the bench. You build up this line for him. You get him some toys. So when it's right. when his time comes, right now, what you hope is you do not destroy his confidence by sticking him out there because he doesn't have anything. Like out at least C.J. Stroud has help. C.J. Stroud has Nico Collins, has Damian Pierce has he's I love this for so many different reasons. First off, there are uh, there's like jealous. Coward. He does a little bit. Yeah, the, when yeah, he I says his that. S's and stuff, yeah, I can he, sounds, yeah, he sounds like coward. I saw a picture of him, so it did I did that didn't hit me, but the moment that you said that, I'm like, yeah, that's a good call. One, they're jealous of the Texans. Like they're they're their skill guys, the Carolina radio people and whatever town this was, they are jealous of the Houston Texans skill guys. That's crazy. Skill, they're, they're jealous of Damian Pierce, who's averaging like two yards a carry. They're, they're jealous of Nico, Tank, uh, Robert Wood. They're jealous of them. So, like, that part is hilarious to me. Also, they are hoping that they don't play Bryce Young. Like, could you imagine if we were sitting right now going into week three and the biggest conversation we have, our lead story about the Houston Texans is they need not to play C.J. Stroud. How depressing would oh that be? Oh, my God. Be? It would be just demoralizing, again, for another year for a fan base that's already been demoralized enough. 
you think about the fact that we were saying when anybody said there might be a quarterback competition and maybe Davis Mills still has a chance to beat him out and Davis Mills was saying it's a competition. No, it isn't. No, it wasn't. And it never was. And it never damn well should have been. And I can't imagine this fan base, even if CJ played bad in his first two games, would be saying that you've got to you've got to put a put him in bubble wrap. You got to put him on ice until you can actually get some players around him because he doesn't have any players around him for the most part. When you look at the depleted offensive line and the guys that we saw in that receiver room coming out of camp, and he's still getting it done. <laughs> yeah. Chris from Sam Houston would have given them Nico for a bucket of beer going into Week One. He's playing well, but uh, the law of averages say he'll come back to earth. Now I think Nico. I think Nico is a legitimate NFL wide receiver after watching him for two games. Do I think he's going to continue at this pace? Probably not. I think it's incredibly unlikely. But to be jealous of Nico and Damian Pierce and Robert Woods is fascinating to me. Also, they want Bryce Young to beat Jordan Love. Again, how depressing is that? Depressing that you don't want him to play because you're scared he's going to get hurt because he's a tiny man. You're you're comparing him to Jordan Love. Again, look, I, I like Jordan Love more than you do. Yes, you uh, do. But that's depressing, right? Like, you're comparing the number one pick of the NFL draft saying they need to go the Jordan Love route, wait for some more toys for him. Well, they traded up all of their draft capital for him. Like, ugh, I'm happy that I'm not Carolina right now. I'm think, happy that I don't have Bryce Young right now. I think Carolina's in a way worse spot and probably their fan base than Texas because like you can hate the Will Anderson trade all you want, but the, the Houston Texans have Will Anderson and they have C.J. Stroud. The Carolina Panthers have Bryce Young, and that's it. Their and best offensive weapon traded after away, that. And they gave away all the Mingo. chances to get better. But they traded yeah. away their best wide receiver, yeah. and they have the cloud that the Texans have. Like it's very every. You know, I saw you tweet out the, the thing the other day, Jeremy, that four of the top five picks Brown. right now are projected to go to the, the Cardinals and the Bears yeah. because the Panthers gave up for Bryce Young. I don't think we're going to have the conversation. Yes, Caleb Williams might be awesome. I do think we're all going to be good with C.J. Stroud when it comes draft time and not getting Caleb Williams, even if they have the number one pick. Well, it would I be, really do. I think to, to Jeremy's point and my point as well, and the fact that I wanted Marvin Harrison Jr., which is why I didn't want to make the trade in the first place. But the fact is, if somehow, some way, they could end up with Marvin Harrison Jr., then I think that you're even more ecstatic that you have C.J. Stroud because now you have that main weapon that goes with some of the complementary pieces. That if, sure. Tank, if you have a true one to go with Tank and Nico and, and Mechie, that's a really young, quality room to build with. For sure. I just think that the Panthers are going to be looking at their top five pick next year and saying, we took a quarterback who is five foot six and like 130 pounds soaking wet, and we could have had... Shadur Sanders or Qu- or Quinn Ewers or Drake May or Caleb Williams, and they're going to feel a lot worse than Texans fans will be about missing out on, yes, a generational wide receiver, but at least they're going to have a quarterback, and I don't think the Panthers do because he's tiny. He's not going to hold up. Like these guys, Anthony Richardson is missing his is missing a full game this weekend. He's left the other two games early. Yep. Bryce Young can't see over his offensive line, and he's missing a game already, will likely miss two. Like, that's why like people are like, are Bears fans upset they didn't take Bryce Young or Justin Fields? No, because he's tiny. He's not going to last. Don't you guys remember, too, one, the guy that right at the draft was wearing the Stroud Carolina jersey, and then uh, when the one ex-player was the – he's a radio guy in, in Charlotte, I think it is, and he was talking about, I know the people inside. I know they're going to take C.J. Stroud. I know that he's their guy, and that's the guy that they want. It might surprise the people, but they're going to go get C.J. Stroud. There's a whole lot of regret in that fan base that they didn't go get C.J. Stroud now. Yeah, I heard that, and I was like, you know what? Maybe maybe the Houston Texans are in a better spot than we've been like kind of giving them credit for because at least you do have that quarterback that you consider to be the franchise quarterback, Anthony Richardson. A lot of people had questions about accuracy thing. I, I think with him now, with that, that he's with Steichen, mm-hmm. I think it's mostly going to be about health because when he's been on the football field, even this season, he's looked really, really good. But like Joe said, he's going to miss a full game on Sunday. He missed three quarters for the most part against the Texans, and he came out late in the fourth quarter in his very first game. Carolina Radio saying that they don't want Bryce Young to play because they're going to get him hurt, and he's already hurt and's probably going to miss two weeks and has struggled a bit so far. And they're jealous about Houston Texans' skill players, which is hilarious. And and, and uh, Justin Phil just stays catching strays, huh? Well, he's better than Justin Fields. I mean, like, <laughs> it's fair. He's smarter than Justin Fields. That's fair. Four. Joe, you've had a rough week. Hey, at least my lawn mowing equipment didn't get stolen. Was it lawn mowing or was it actual like football equipment? It's like lawn mowing equipment. Oh, like I thought it was more gear. like pads and tackle <laughs> no, dummies and things like, like that. I think it was like a hundred grand worth of like lawn mowing equipment. So are they going to strip that down? Like, what's the what's the end game there? Great question. 
Yeah, I wonder if like, they're going to send you that for. Ship How it out big of is state? your yard? Because you can't really sell it. Like, if you like, go into the pawn store, like the pawn shop, and you're going to sell them like this industrial size lawnmower that's used to mow football fields. Yeah, maybe that's like, a they have to, going they're going to have to strip it down. It's probably a John Deere that that mows the side fields. Yeah, what a couple a of riding mowers. Four one eight seven. The Texans are zero two, but CJ is getting it done. LOL. So he's mocking. He's mocking. I see what you're doing there. Four one eight seven. You throw out a little LOL because you're mocking the people that you're you were talking to. Franchise quarterbacks aren't going to win games in their rookie we year. We said that. <laughs> That's you, both things are true. They're zero and two. Yes. Do I think CJ Stroud's going to be really good and a franchise quarterback of the Texans? Also, yes. Aside from giving up your draft pick, so you have to worry about wins and losses and where that pick might fall. We knew there was going to be a whole lot of moral victories, but when we kept saying, how do you know and when will you feel like C.J. Stroud is a success? What's going to make you feel good about C.J. Stroud? It's the things we're seeing right now. It's the fact that he hasn't made mistakes, that he hasn't looked over his head, that he hasn't gotten happy feet, that he's made throws and made plays with a less-than-stellar offensive line and less than in terms of the, the, the running game and the weapons around him, and he's made the most of it. That's what makes you feel the best. 9866, you guys are really funny, really entertaining. Thank you, 9866. Appreciate that. 713-780-3776. We're going to give out some free winners for Sunday's NFL action. We've been handing out winners with BZ Money. We're up $110. Mr. Gow has been smiling all week, ear to ear, because last week we dominated. We won 75% of our games. We look to do it again with BZ Money on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. Look, Dr. Owen and his staff do a fantastic job, and they're constantly trying to do more to take care of people around Houston. That's why they opened up and had the grand opening that we were at of the new location in League City. They cover down south in League City. They have two locations near downtown Houston, and their whole goal is to make sure it's as convenient as possible for you guys to get there so you can get the help you need. Go to ApolloMH.com and see all the services they offer. They can get you feeling great again, from the boardroom to the weight room to the bedroom. If you have problems, if you have issues, if you think they can't be fixed and there's nothing you can do, then you need to see the people at Apollo Men's Health because they can help and they can get you the results that you need. Everything from losing weight, like the fact that they have semi-glutide that's FDA-approved that can have you losing six pounds a week up to six pounds in a week, and you don't even have to work out, to getting on a workout program and charting your results with a body composition analysis and seeing your body fat levels go down and your muscle mass go up and the important numbers stabilize. That's another win that's capable at Apollo Men's Health. For both men and women, they're getting hormone therapy. They're getting B12 shots. They're finding more energy on a daily basis to get everything done that they got to get off their to-do list, and it's because the people at Apollo care. Mention my name, Joel Blank, when you sign up for that first appointment at ApolloMH.com. And you're going to find out most major insurance is accepted. There's discounts for military personnel and first responders. And because you mentioned me and ESPN 97.5, you get a free B12 shot or you get a free body composition analysis on your first official visit. Then let the process go from there. Answer the tough questions honestly. Tell them where you're lacking. Tell you where you want. Tell them where you want to improve. And they're going to get you the results you need. And they're going to put you on a program that works. They're good people doing great things on a daily basis. Go see the people at Apollo Menzel.